Hello, my name is B. Mudge. I'm speaking about how to manage a successful CT department. This is part two of that lecture. And we're going to continue with patient preparation. As we follow the patient's journey through CT, we're at patient preparation. So we know with the faster CT scanners that routinely we complete a scan from start to finish when they're in the room in less than five minutes. So the CT, actual CT scanning is very efficient. Now that's where we have to put more emphasis on patient prep to be sure that the workflow is as if before the patient comes into the room is very efficient as has a greater emphasis right there. So we look at our patient prep area. We review the workflow in that area. We, we look at pa pediatric patients versus the cardiac CTA patients, which have to be in a very quiet area. And we want to make sure that patient pediatric patients are right next to them, screaming, yelling, having their IVs placed. We look at the number of nursing and staff support staff we have in that area. How many IV chairs? And it's really important, how many IVs can you insert per hour? Are you keeping your CT rooms full? If your CT rooms are empty because you're waiting for IV insertions, you need to increase that area, increase the number of chairs, or support staff who are putting the IVs in, nursing. Um, so that's a real, you don't want that to be your bottleneck. Another area is accessing ports outside the room, especially in Weinberg, our cancer center. Um, we check patencies on central lines and ports outside the room. Um, point of care testing has been a real boost in our workflow. It measures creatinine. A lot of patients are supposed to come with their creatinine, supposed to have it done. A lot of them do not. We need to know what their creatinine. So we do a quick point of care, get the creatinine lab value, and we can continue with the CT. So moving forward, we have the CT scanner. There's many factors that the CT scanner workflow um, we can look at, uh, but the two principal questions are CT staffing and the protocols. So let's look at CT staffing. You know, if your practice is at capacity, if you cannot put anything else in, any more patients in, you need to look, what is your workflow? Does that need to be redesigned? Or do you really need a new, to, new CT scanner? What about additional staff? Would that help increase your volumes? How many technologists do you have per scanner? What is the most efficient way of doing that? Do you need more support staff to help? If we look at an article out of 2008, it talks about a single technologist, CT technologist, has to perform the majority of 34 tasks, one after another. If you look at that, that's a lot of tech responsibilities for one tech, one right after another. So streaming that workflow in this article, you add technologists and that will help expedite the time. And we do this actually in, in our uh, institution. We have a flow tech it takes care of all the registration after registration and before the patient is goes into the room. So it's all the patient prep. The renter technologist 
brings the patient into the room, explains the exam, flushes the line, prepares the injector, and, and also performs the injection. The scanner technologist scans the patient, completes all the paperwork, you know, and helps with the RIS and PACs. Radiology assistants are also available to escort the patient, take add-ons, answer the phone, arrange inpatients to come down, and scan paperwork into the system. With that, and with the nurse, suddenly you're, all the responsibilities are being streamlined and are done in parallel. And this is the most efficient way to run a CT department. Everybody knows the role. There's no overlapping. So in this article, it describes that multiple personnel managing the workflow versus the single technologist, well, in this, in this situation, helps provide uh, opportunity to scan up to 20,000 additional patients annually. Monetarily, that is an increase uh, for from one technologist to two or three technologists can generate up to six to nine million dollars respectively. Now we know that the more complex operations of the CT scanner have added multiple steps. The technologist has to increase their skills and knowledge. So it's important that you use your technologist for primary expertise functions, such as scanning, injecting, taking care of the patient just before. And make sure the peripheral stuff, answering the phone, escorting patients from the floor and down, are done by um, a tech assistance. You want to make the most of your technologist. So we look at CT protocols. What are some of the pearls and pitfalls that we have with CT protocols? We know that a competent and well-trained CT technologists consistently perform high-quality imaging and are key to the success of our department. So let's look at protocols. We have new scanners that require new protocols, revised protocols, with multiple protocols from the days of just chest, abdomen, and pelvises. Uh, different radiologists prefer different protocols. Technologist training is paramount. There's different patient populations in each area. For example, ED, you're going to see more traumas. Cancer center, the more um, oncology cancer patients. So we have to optimize CT protocols. One of the things that we do in our department is make sure that the senior technologist in each area keeps the binders, uh, protocols, and updates. They are on top of it. If there's a protocol that has to be updated, it's updated in the binder, on the scanner. Um, we do have in-services for anything that's been revised or new. We have an information board in the actual department as well as the binder that's updated. And our expectation is that every technologist be familiar with the protocols. There are three areas, th three ways for technologists to access protocols. One is in preset in the scanner, another online with ctsus.com, and of course the binder in each scanner that they can refer to. 
Now, another thing that we do for more complex or more involved protocols as far as something like renal protocols, there's probably about 13 different ways according to the diagnosis to do a scan on renal. So what we do is set up a chart that at least has the region of interest and the contrast enhancement phase. So for example, patient that has a known staging, this, the, um, the region of interest and what protocols are recommended are there. And we have this chart in each of the scanners to help the, the technologist refer to. Our next journey through is exiting the, par the department. The patient has gone through all the phases, has had their scan done, and they're leaving the department. And the question we ask is, did we exceed the patient's expectations? Have we left a lasting impression? Will that patient come back? Do they feel they've got the best scan, the best customer service? And we ask that of each patient, how did we do? Is there anything else that we can do for you? You know, in this t kind of climate with demand of radiology services, in our economic climate, um, those co organizations that want to survive and compete must return to priority of excellent customer service. So why is that important? So for so many different reasons, improved customer uh, excellent customer service improves quality care, you have better staff morale, uh, improved productivity. You increase patient referrals. A patient had good uh, experience in a CT in our CT department. They're going to tell their doctor, yes, I want to go back there. Um, greater profitability for the organization and overall success. Um, and my favorite, of course, is fewer complaints from the patients. In addition, um, we do take all patient add-ons, inpatient, outpatient. We do have a radiologist that's readily available. We perform the correct protocols. We actually make sure that each every request is reviewed and the diagnosis is reviewed so that we're doing the correct protocol for that diagnosis. And the technical staff communicates any immediate critical findings. If they, for example, see uh, a PE on an outpatient, they'll have the patient wait, get a hold of the radiologist, and make sure that patient doesn't need to go to the ER and, and, and um, contact their referring physician. The technologists um, are very focused in on the scan to be sure that they are doing the correct um, service for the patient. We do perform the scan correctly the first time. That's the best way to perform excellent customer service. Uh, the patient comes there expecting that they're going to have an answer for their, rate, their physician. So we want to be sure that we're performing the, the correct uh, scan. In addition, we do thank you cards. At the end of each uh, scan, the patient is giving a given a thank you card that has all the names of the people that took care of them from the nurse, the technologist, the flow tech, the front desk, and 
they can respond to that. We ask them if they have any issues or if they want to add any improvements that they can get. We have a website and a phone number that they can get in, in contact with. We also do service recovery, which is really important because not everything goes exactly to plan. Sometimes a patient has to have multiple uh, IV sticks or on, if the scanner goes down. And there's things that, you know, some the patient may get upset over. Well, we'd be sure that we first apologize for their inconvenience and then we give, give them, you know, parking uh, coupons or, or food coupons or things like that to make them that, you know, we really truly want the best service and sometimes it doesn't go as planned, but we're trying to make it up to them. Of course, hand hygiene is a good, excellent customer service, decrease infection. So what about patient safety? This is a real focus. Some of the concerns we have when we talk about patient safety, when we have the high volume of patients and staff that do multiple tasks, and at times there could be a shortage of techs or nurses or support staff. And with any department, there's a lot of distractions. How do we be sure that everybody's keyed in and focused? Other concerns, of course, is the spread of infection, radiation dose, and with contrast media, uh, focuses on extravasations or contrast reactions. Now, not a lot, everybody, but we do have the Joint Commission come to our hospital. And, you know, they have the National Patient Safety Goals. And even if you don't have accreditation from the Joint Commission, the National Patient Safety Goals are a good guide to follow for any organization. If you're, you know, small large. They talk about hand hygiene, having a two-patient identifier, medication reconciliation, of course universal protocol which is doing the right patient, the right side, the right protocol. So these are great guides to goals to follow even if you're not under the Joint Commission umbrella. So some of the best practices we perform are many years ago we started the patient ID form. For each patient, we identify that we have the correct patient, that we're doing the correct procedure, that a proper timeout has been done before we bring the patient into the room and before we actually scan the patient on the, um, because now with the newer scanners, obviously you're picking the names from a schedule. You can have the correct patient, you might not pick the correct name. So that's another timeout that we have to perform. And this is very good for best practices, making sure that you're doing the correct patient. Radiology assistance has absolutely helped us in our distractions. The technologists are, can focus in on the patient, and the radiology assistants can focus on answering the phones, taking add-ons, calling inpatients, scanning paperwork. That takes a lot of distraction from the technologist. Of course, in preventing infection is a key. Hand hygiene is our number one. We do have high hand hygiene compliance. Preventing extravasations is a key. When we um, obviously do a lot of IV contrast, we absolutely have to have well-trained 
technologist and nurse that inserts the IV that need to communicate what gauge we're using, where the location, and key is the technologist plays close, pays close attention to the IV site. I preach this a lot to the technologists. They need to pay attention. Um, the IV site is monitored for 20 seconds or more in the inside the CT room before the technologist comes out. What about effective communication? And you know, as you see in this this little cartoon, communication is so important. And it's not the communication. We all communicate, but does the recipient understand? Obviously, the two characters in this uh, cartoon didn't understand that they were supposed to wait to count to three. And that's what communication is all about, is not that we communicate, we can communicate anything, but did you understand? And it's very worthwhile to have a, in, during your staff meetings, to review effective communication skills, to go over it with your radiology assistants, your front desk, your nurses, your technologists. Anything from active listening skills, um, provide feedback. This is very important. Did you hear what I said? What did you hear that I said? They, these are things that are, you know, if miscommunications can be a real disaster in the medical field, in any field, but also in the medical field, it's, it's uh, particularly uh, harmful. Communication skills also include eye contact. When you're talking to someone, have direct eye contact. But about body language, make sure that your verbal words meet your and correlate with your body language. Speak appropriately about with your volume and your tone. And make sure that your patients or your coworkers actually hear exactly what you're saying. Radiation safety, it's been in the forefront uh, lately, uh, front and center in the media. Uh, it's been a, there's been a lot about it lately, especially with the CT radiation overdoses, overexposures we've seen in California. And, you know, we, we ask ourselves, can, you know, can this happen to us? You know, is there ever a chance that we could over-radiate a patient? And we looked at this process, and we do have several layers of radiation awareness in our department. Everyone from the radiation safety includes the radiologist that helps set up protocols, help evaluate image quality, to our physicist who does calibrates the scanners, does phantom measurements, and, and does monitor radiation dose. The manufacturers, the vendors, um, have preventive maintenance, they evaluate image quality, and very soon they're going to have, I'm sure, radiation dose warnings on their scanners. That's coming very, very soon. And what about the technologist role? Um, in our department, we've developed a sense of both accountability and ownership when discussing ways to reduce radiation dose. And we want to be sure that the CT technologists who are front and center 
uh, have this accountability. We want to continue education and understanding in radiation dose and that the technologist has a confidence and knowledge when speaking with patients. We are getting many more patients that have been reading and uh, you know, are aware of radiation dose and come and ask us about it. So we'll be sure that our technologists are um, confident in responding to our patients. Now, how do we accomplish this? From our perspective, we've developed the Radiation Safety Committee. And our committee um, includes technologists from each area. Uh, and we meet uh, every month, and it's to maximize image quality while limiting unnecessary radiation dose. We develop and coordinate radiation dose research products. Um, we've um, increased our patient education. We've increased our staff radi uh, education for the staff. One of the things I mentioned is that a lot of patients are asking us about radiation dose. And what we've done is we've made sure that each technologist is confident in responding. So in this case, I'm concerned, a patient says, I'm concerned about how much radiation dose I'm getting with the CT scan. Patient and our technologists reply, you know, in so many words, I'm glad you brought this subject up because we have an entire radiation safety committee dedicated to both monitoring and reducing patient dose. We do this by, and this gives it, uh, the, the technologists aren't afraid to answer this question. As a matter of fact, you know, bring it on. They will answer it. They feel confident about it. We're doing our very best to um, help um, give confidence to the patient. One of the projects we did was on pediatric dose. Well, we wanted to be sure that the doses we were using for pediatrics was within the um, manufacturer's recommended dose. And we collected, and we actually had the, the committee com, uh, collect the, the, uh, the data, and we had our uh, pediatric radiologist involved and Dr. Um, our Dr. Mahesh, who is our physicist. And um, that was a very successful. And from there, we've, we've um, expanded on other pediatric research projects. So what about CT management? Some of the key points I want to bring out is you have to hire the right people from the start. Um, and it's very important in this day and age with the CT technologist, with the more complex protocols that you are getting the right people. Technologists need to know their institution's expectations, what's expected of them. We expect them to be high quality technologists. And the training professional development is uh, absolutely a wild worth investment. We make training and education a priority here. We allocate the funds for training, it's consistent, and we try and we maintain that competency. With that, we have recognition. We consistently praise the excellent hard work. All lev levels contribute to the recognition from the, the, the uh, higher leadership. Um, and we really value, it, value and appreciate our employees and we make sure they know that. So to wrap things up, remember the steps to success. 
everything from communication, effective communication, patient safety will, will add to that s- successful department, workflow design, and make sure that the, the equipment and the scanners you have are um, giving you the expanded applications that you need to increase your capacity. So I leave you with, if you have to perform at a consistently higher level than others, that's the mark of a true professionalism, professional, and that's the keys to success. Thank you.